Hello and welcome to the Film Pulse Podcast. This is episode number 389. My name's Adam Patterson. With me today, we've got Kevin Rakestraw. Hey, Kevin. Hi. This week on the show, we'll be taking a look at the horror movie Anything for Jackson, which is available now on Shudder, along with someone we're watching on the watch list and going over this week's new releases on VOD and Blu-ray. Thank you so much for joining us this week. Please remember to review us on iTunes if you get a moment. That would be... Super helpful. Uh, no housekeeping, so I think we can just dive straight in. Going in. Mm-hmm. Going in hot. Anything for Jackson. This is directed by Justin G. Dick. After losing their only grandson in a car accident, grief-stricken Audrey and Henry, a doctor, kidnaps his pregnant patient with the intentions of performing a reverse exorcism. I don't know why exorcism is capitalized there. Is that a... Uh, anyway. Putting Jackson inside her unborn child. It doesn't take long to figure out Jackson isn't the only ghost the grandparents invited into their home. Now it's a race against time for the couple, as well as the pregnant woman, to figure out to figure a way out of the haunting they've set upon themselves. There you go, reverse exorcism. Mm-hmm. Don't see a lot of those. You usually see the regular, you know, standard yeah. exorcism. No, you're, to get, you're getting it you're out. Trying to get Demons and such out, yeah. yeah. This, this movie flipped the script. Did the old switcheroo. Yeah. We're putting that demon in. Yeah. We're getting it inside. Yeah, but it's not even a demon. It's not, it's not really an exorcism. Well, it's... It's, it's spirit, I guess. It's still an exorcism. Yeah, it's not a demon, but it's still a spirit, so... <laughs> Is there... I guess there's not a word for that. I guess there's no... Catholic priests going around trying to take souls out of people. Yeah, I mean, they're I don't, just I, like normal souls. They're just like decent people. I, I don't know, like the the like specific technical definition of exorcism. So I, I don't know if it refers to demons specifically or just like any kind of entity or spirit. Yeah, I would imagine it's an, it's got to be an evil spirit, right? You would think so, but then again, I mean, like I I don't know if I want I don't know if I want any spirit inside of me except my own you know like yeah but i think good or evil let's say that you got a spirit that's just really into like taking walks and gardening that would be really difficult to be like to try and convince someone that this spirit needs to be taken out because they're just gonna be like this guy just got into gardening and walking (laughs) it's the spirit (laughs) i want to see that movie i want to see the movie where Somebody gets possessed, and it's just a regular person doing regular everyday things, and and the whole movie is just this person like, look, I'm telling you, there's something inside me. Something takes this over, and they're like, but you're you just doing what you that. do every day. <laughs> like, like, they're into the same shit that you are, so, so nobody can ever tell. <laughs> oh, God. Love uh, it. Man, that would be... I want to make that movie. Uh, anyway, so what were your initial impressions of anything for Jackson? <laughs> well, now that we're talking, I'm disappointed because I feel like we could have done some more interesting things. But no, like this, I was I was pleasantly surprised by this movie. I do wish that there was a little bit more going on, uh, and some of the things, uh, some of the way some of the things developed were just kind of um, head scratching to me. Uh, especially with the guy that like there's this guy that comes by to like clear the driveways and I'm not entirely sure why he shows up continuously. Yeah. See, I I was confused about that at first 
too. And I think that it's because he did it for money. And I think that he was like really struggling. Because yeah. it, it is weird because he's like really strangely pushy. Like you would think that if this were, if that interaction were to happen in real life, the guy would just be like, all right, well, let me know if you need me, you know, something like that. Yeah. And then just be done with it. But he keeps coming back and you're just like, what is going on here? Why is this guy so hell bent on, <laughs> on plowing this driveway? Yeah. And I just, I feel like we, the movie spent a lot of time with that, which. I, well, you I know, it was all, it was all lead up yeah. to that, to that big yeah. moment where, which by the way, like, yeah. Do you see that, that in works. the? Tr- you see the 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 beginning of that in the trailer, but when you see it in the actual movie, like I was I was concerned that that scene was gonna lose some of the impact because you do see part of it in the trailer, but it doesn't. Like it's still a pretty shocking scene, <laughs> as is. Yeah, it, it it definitely works. It definitely works. I think that that was just. It's not. It was what could have been just a nitpick. It kind of got like amplified or magnified because of this movie like insistent need to keep bringing things up which is the fact that this elderly couple that lost their only grandson they kidnapped this woman you know right they do the reverse exorcism to try and bring their grandson back so they have this this all worked out they have so many so many steps in this plan i mean they've really thought it out and one of the things is is that like the up the, the up upstairs of this fantastic house that they live in, they render like completely soundproof, right? And they even test it out. You know, they give it a shot, which I feel like you should have tested that before you kidnapped her. But anyway, they do. They go through all of that trouble of the kind of setting this this up that they're going to be fine. And then, like so much of their worry and concern throughout the rest of the movie is like people being too close to the house where they might hear this woman that they've already have tested out to know that they have nothing to worry about. Right. And they have her gagged for a lot of it too. Like, so anytime anybody comes close, they put a gag on her or sedate her. Like they, they sedate her too. So it's like, yeah, I I feel like if they, but you know, this, this is new to them. This whole, this whole thing is new to them. If I had someone if I kidnapped someone and I, even if I had him in a soundproof room, I'd still be really concerned about it. Yeah. And also oh, there was that like, one scene when they had like the TV in their kitchen with the, with the video feed. Yeah. <laughs> they should have a little bit. Have an app on your phone, you know, just carry, carry that around. Don't put it on your TV. <laughs> and they said I was like right by the door. Yeah. Right next to the door. You just peek your head and you can see it. Yeah, and you're just going to be like, why do you have a TV here? This is weird. Oh, and also, just let the guy, your driveway is like 10 foot long. I know, so it's, well, the the funny thing is, like, clearly they don't even really need it shoveled because at the, the first scene, he's like, no, 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 I don't need it. I don't need it shoveled. Just go. And he just drives, you know, he just drives to work. It's fine. It's a, it's a small driveway. It's not a very long driveway. At any rate, uh, I really, I really like the opening when the kidnapping the how they shot the kidnapping i thought that that yeah. i think that they 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 start the movie with a really intriguing opening and i think that that just that sets the stage for what i found to be a tremendously entertaining thriller i i, I enjoyed myself with this movie uh quite a bit and i i have nitpicks like you 
but overall yeah, i think it. that it was really really solid and as far as like the shutter originals i think that this is probably one of the best ones that i've seen so far yeah i mean i have nitpicks too but they're more so nitpicks for the sake of us having something to talk about right <laughs> yeah it's, it's, really it's not too much out of the movie for me yeah it's not it's not like the uh the, the snowblower guy <laughs> being <laughs> so persistent being so persistent ruined the movie for me <laughs> the persistent snowblower man because uh, it does it does the, what it what it pays off for it does it does i mean it's worth it it is worth it right because because i and i i thought that that was a really interesting aspect to this because i think you know in in the initial setup, the, the reverse exorcism. Okay. That's interesting enough. But at the same time, like the, you know, kind of like the, the process in which you, you go through, I guess, to do a reverse exorcism is going to be a lot like a regular exorcism. It's just going to be a different outcome. Right. So, you know, at the same time, like what you're seeing is going to be kind of, something that you've seen before in numerous other movies but the interesting thing that i liked about this is that they essentially that you got to do it in steps and they do the first step which is they open up the gate for you know spirits to come back and they're you know obviously they open this for jackson to come but the problem is is that like all tortured souls are out and about now looking for a new home Mm -hmm. and they they're coming to this house they're drawn to this house so I I thought that, that was the really interesting aspect of this is that these like these ghosts and demons and spirits and shit just keep like coming to the house and anyone that comes like within that orbit gets affected and they do you know disgusting things to themselves. Yeah, what they how they did how they handled there's I don't want to give anything away. I'm gonna, I'm going to try to like avoid any kind of like spoilers, but there's there is one there's one character that she comes to the house and something happens and then it sort of keeps happening over and over again. And when they introduced that, I was just like, that, that's so, so fucking crazy and clever. And I, I really liked how I liked how after the first, like probably half hour of it, they just got used to it and they, they, mm-hmm. they were just living with that happening. Like every five minutes, I liked a lot of the, like kind of just, scare like the horror moments um like you said where all of these spirits are coming back you have this set of tortured souls that that come back and haunt them and like they're all very creepy like the the guy with the um the bag over his head who's like a contortionist and he's like creeping around under the bed and then I mean, the big one, one of the big ones is, is definitely the, the flossing, uh, lady, mm-hmm. which it just, you know, they, they have that scene and you can hear it before you can see it. You can hear what's happening. And mm-hmm. the way that they like amplified the sound of the mm-hmm. flossing, I, it was just, it was like nails on a chalkboard. Like <laughs> that was just the most disturbing unsettling yeah. scene and then it's like you 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 know that it's going to be something because then like the teeth start falling on the ground and you're just like oh god yeah. and then she no, turns I, around I, I and you to. see it and you're just like oh it's so much worse than i imagined yeah i i muted it <laughs> i did not look like that was no i can't do that 
that's too much. That's too much for me. So I like to bring it back and you can tell that it, it has, there's been a progression. <laughs> yeah. There's the been quality. progress made. <laughs> yeah. The fact that they brought, they brought that one back later, all of that stuff was intensely creepy. And then when they actually show the, like mm-hmm. the main demon, the one that's going to be doing, I guess, putting the, I don't know, whatever the demon is that comes through. Like that was a good looking, like kind of creature design. I like the look of the demon. Yeah, I just want to know why Jackson is with all these demons. Like, what did your grandson do? Yeah, you th- you'd think that you'd pull pull in a couple other benevolent ones, you know? Like, you, you, yeah, and maybe maybe they did. Maybe the the benevolent ones were like, you know what? I'm not going to scare this. I'm not going to scare this couple. I'm just going to hang out and wait for for this to just blow over. I'm not going to haunt them. I don't know. There's, there's interestingly enough, I thought you know Jackson's introduced pretty early, and I found him to be really creepy. He was young. He was very creepy. He was creepy. (laughs) Maybe that's part of it. Uh, The 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 uh, the trick or treating scene I thought was really good too. I like. I did. I I enjoyed that one too. Uh, I thought that maybe like the weakest had everything, but I did like the. Uh, at a certain point, I was just like, damn, you have an elevator in the house? It was surprising. Over, overall, yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. I thought that, I think that it does play into the sort of recent tropes that we've been seeing with regards to movies like Hereditary, where you have these kind of familial horror movies that take place in a house and feature some really gruesome imagery and deal with family drama and stuff like that. But I think that, yeah, I think that adding in the, 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 they add in, there's a bit of like occult stuff going on here because it's like a satanic ritual. So you have that. And then there's also a strong supernatural element too. And I think yeah, that, I that, and I think that this is certainly above I would say something like Relic, where like Relic to me just feels like sort of a re. I guess there were sort of supernatural elements in that too, but to me, Relic just feels like sort of a rehash of the same kind of concept. Whereas this, I feel like there was enough new content here and entertaining content that that it sets itself apart from the other kind of imitators. Yeah, yeah, because you've got. You got the whole, like you said, the familial drama stuff in the house and grief, you know, grief just wrecking people. And then, you know, the, the throw on top of that is kind of this idea of like, you know, the, the world's a terrible place, but she's still going to bring a child into it. Which I, I thought there was, a ni- there was enough interesting aspects to this story. And it was, it, I found it unsettling. It was unsettling. It was creepy. And there was enough, there was a couple of things that were just straight up disgusting. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I was not expecting it. And especially because after watching this, you know, I'm like, oh, God. Because I didn't even know who the director was when I was done. So I'm like, oh, let me look into what else these these, these people have done, the writer and the director here. And, uh, you, you know, they do mostly Christmas movies. Yeah, it's like all, all yeah, yeah, it's all like made for TV Christmas movies. <laughs> Which, uh, 
I'm still like I I'm still really confused. <laughs> we also did a very country wedding, so there's that. Yeah. There's that. And he's got more lined up. He's got Christmas in the Wilds, Christmas in the Rockies, a Christmas exchange, romance in the wilds. Well, um, you know, ho- hopefully this movie will open some more doors for him. You know, because I, I, I feel like you're a working director. You got to make a living, yeah. you know, and, and he, he, it looks like he did uh, My Dad is Scrooge in 2014. And then that was it. Like he just got, he got pigeonholed after My Dad is Scrooge. Yeah. And that's the same, that's the same writer too, Keith Cooper who also wrote a dog-based uh, Fast and Furious. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it's, you know, dogs, Fast and Furious 2017. Fast and And then, fast. of course, he went on to write A Very Country Christmas, Christmas Wedding Planner, Christmas Village, A Very Country or no, I'm sorry, A Very Country Wedding. It was just mostly weddings and Christmas. Oh, here's a, a very country Christmas homecoming. All right. Oh. So there's, yeah, got a lot of country Christmases. And and it, it must have been on the set of one of these. You know, I'm going to guess Baby in a Manger. On the set of Baby in a Manger. Based <laughs> on a Harlequin like... novel. <laughs> they were like, you know what? You know what we need to do? This is, Christmas is about a miracle, baby, right? But let's say, what's the opposite of that? What's the opposite thing that we can do? How about a reverse exorcism where you're trying to put a spirit into a baby that hasn't been born yet? So I like to think that anything for Jackson, the genesis of that was born on the set of Baby in a Manger TV movie 2019. I mean, there there is definitely, uh, I mean, this doesn't take place during Christmas, but it does take place in the winter time, and there is a little bit of a Christmassy vibe to it i would say mm-hmm. yeah so yeah you you could you could be on point there so that's my that's my suggestion for a double bill i mean I, watch I, baby in the manger <laughs> i kind of want to see this baby in a manger movie just just to see if it does take place in the same house or something let's see this is with the help of a handsome young police officer, a social worker searches for the mother of a baby she has found abandoned in a nativity scene at her church. Mm-hmm. Let faith lead the way. Yeah, but what if you abandon that faith, started going to the Church of Satan, which meets at the local library, which seems like a bad idea. See? I mean, you can, you can tell how they got to the conclusion of anything for Jackson. I wonder if the baby's name is Jackson and Baby in a Manger. I don't know. Christmas with a view looks like it could looks like it takes place in a nice house. That looks like more in the mountains, though. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just so funny that like uh, some of these are like faith based ones too. Like Baby in a Manger is clearly, yeah, <laughs> clearly a faith based <laughs> movie. And then you have them doing anything for Jackson Jackson, which is the exact opposite of a faith based yeah. movie. It's like these these are the would... these are the movies that these like you know, ultra evangelist groups try to ban. That's why I feel like Justin and Keith are trying to get out. Like maybe they've been held cat and they're just like, okay, we we're in contract for like 15 more faith-based Christmas movies. We got to be able to get out of this somehow. The only way they can get out is if they're fired. You know, if their contract is terminated, 
So they decide the best way to do that is anything for Jackson. Because they, they're like, surely when these people see this movie, they're going to be like, we don't want you attached to any of our Christmas movies, whether they take place in the wilds or in the Rockies or the country in the, in the country in Harmony Valley. Not, you know, get away from us. So many questions. Justin Dick, if you're listening to this, send me an email. <laughs> Shoot me a DM on Twitter. I, I do. Again, I'm glad that you brought that up about the a little bit earlier about the the Satanist. I, I forgot that they met at the library, which <laughs> seems like would be bad practice for him as a dad. Like he would, it would seem like a small town. I'm yeah, sure it, it, like, it does. It does seem like a small town. Yeah, because I'm pretty sure, like any small town, if you find out the doctor. It does, you know, like prenatal care and stuff. If you're like, hey, do you know that that guy is with the Church of Satan at the local library every week? <laughs> that would, yeah, probably not great for business. No. Uh, all right. Any final thoughts on anything for Jackson? Uh, the flossing um, ghost is perhaps one of the most disgusting things I've seen in quite some time. Yeah, good good effects work overall too. Uh, in in this, the gore effects looked quite good. I liked. I mean, just the 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 snowblower scene, how there's something that hits the window and how that I just thought that that, yeah. that was all <laughs> really great. My favorite Justin and Keith has something going on with Keith for some reason. Yeah. All right. Uh, definitely check it out. It is on shutter right now. So you can, you can give it a look. Uh, I believe if, if you don't have a shutter subscription, you can sign up for a trial. They think they do a seven day trial and it's definitely worth it. If you if you're into horror movies, I think Shutter is is absolutely worth it. They have a lot of good stuff on there, and I think that I will use that as a segue to go into what we've been watching, uh, because I saw another Shutter movie this week that came out the same day. It came out the same day as anything for Jackson, and that's Castle Freak, which is a remake of the uh, Stuart Gordon film. Can't remember when the original one came out. It's the early '90s, I believe. And uh, this is directed by Tate Steinsick. Uh, it's about a, a young woman who was blinded in a car accident who discovers that she has inherited a castle in Albania from her estranged mother. And she, she thought that her mom gave her up for adoption because she didn't have any money. But turns out there were other things at play here. And... Her mom lives in this giant castle, and so she mm-hmm. inherits it. She goes with her boyfriend, who was the actual driver of the car when she was in the accident. He was intoxicated, and um, so they go there with a bunch of their friends to sort of check out the castle and try to sell the stuff that's inside the castle, make some money, and it turns out that there is... A, uh, a creature of sorts living in the castle mm-hmm. and there's there's some pretty nefarious things happening she has a dark history involving the elder gods and gateways and cthulhu and all of the you know lovecraftian mm-hmm. mythos yes if you're a fan of the original one you will see a lot of winks and nods to the original one in this. However, 
with that being said, I, I didn't necessarily think that this was a movie that needed to be made. I honestly wasn't a huge fan of the original Castle Freak. Like, it, it was okay. Uh, it certainly wasn't one of Stuart Gordon's best, in my opinion, but it was fun and entertaining nonetheless. And I think that Stuart Gordon handled the the Lovecraft films like I still think he was probably the best at handling those. And there were tons of Lovecraft nods in this. So if you're into the Lovecraft stuff, you know, might be worth a look. It looked better, like like aesthetically, visually, uh, it looked better than I thought it would. Because I, I did see the trailer for this like ages ago, and I, and I thought that it looked really cheap and kind of crappy. Uh, but the quality mm-hmm. was better than I expected. The gore effects were also a lot better than i expected and holy crap is this movie gory holy shit i was surprised like this is disturbingly gory this movie way more than i thought it would be uh it's over the top i mean just gallons of blood and viscera and there's a lot of really weird like the 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 creature itself is it's a woman in this in this version and she has this like crazy vagina that's like enormous and it like goes halfway up her stomach but then like there's like stuff that comes out of it like this tube i don't know if it's supposed to be like like a penis coming out of her vagina or what but it's uh really gross so (laughs) there's a lot of really gross shit that happens in this movie the ending was pretty wild too did not see the ending coming it gets uh it goes into some you know, it starts with this kind of gothic horror story, but then it ends up going into the more cosmic horror story of of Lovecraft, and didn't I didn't expect that. So it it still wasn't very good. So I I would only give it the the lightest of recommends, just because it is on Shutter. So again, that's the uh, remake of Castle Freak. I should note that Barbara Crampton produced this. No, oh, actually. Yeah, yeah, she's not in it, but she produced it. Mm. Well, I only watched one other movie, but man, did I make it count. And that's uh, Delicatu from, I guess, this year, 2019. Not sure how you want to categorize this movie. I'm going to count it as this year. It is It is this, this year. It Prime. is this year because okay. this is India's submission for the 2021 Oscars. That's right. Yes. That's right. And uh, wow. Oh, boy. Amazon Prime, if you have it, uh, I would definitely check this movie out. And if you don't have Amazon Prime, try and just, you know, find it wherever you can find it and watch this. Because this is pretty incredible in my eyes. Uh, I just kind of went into this blind. The, The only thing I know is, you know, it seemed like a very simple setup in that this small remote village, uh, these these butcher guys catch bison, buffalo, and you know cut them up, sell it. One day they catch a, catch a buffalo and it breaks free and it you know wrecks habit. I did not. I was not you know expecting what I got here. This is far more elaborate, but also at the same time pretty simple. You know it is just a buffalo running around a village. You know at its base. But the way that it escalates, the way that this movie shot, the editing in this movie, the sound design, like the score that they use for this, 
which is like this metronome and they, you know, they very rhythmic and they time it with the editing, a lot of cuts. If you, if you have a tough time with, you know, a shit ton of cuts, this movie's going to be a little bit rough for you. Well, uh, let me just stop. I you think there. the way that it, the way that it's done though, I think is fantastic. I, I disagree with you a little bit on that. Um, I watched this this week. I watched it today actually. And, um, I, I agree with like, yeah, some during some of the more kinetic scenes, there's more cuts, but there's still a lot of long takes in this. In fact, I've made note of some of the long takes because they're very elaborate. Like they're going, oh, yeah, yeah. they're going through like these like shacks and these houses and stuff. And I don't think there's a scene in this movie that doesn't have at least eight characters in the shot, like yeah. in the in frame. It is. This is a very complex movie. Uh, like you said. It's a simple premise. So you have this buffalo that is just escapes. And, you know, I, I was, I didn't know too much about this movie going into it. I knew that it was about a buffalo that escapes in a, in a village. And that's really all I knew. Um, and I was kind of thinking that it was going to be just rampaging, you know, like it was going to be like a, like a razorback type movie or something where you got this marauding buffalo that's just tearing through this town, killing people left and right. And that does happen, but so much of the movie is just the chaos of every single person in this village trying to organize themselves and actually capture it. It's insane. There's like a thousand people in this movie. It like literally is a whole village involved in this movie. And some of the scenes you're just like, holy shit, how did they shoot this? Uh, It reminded me of that uh, crazy action movie by bust where they had like 800 people in it uh where you have like tons hundreds of people going through the jungle and and like i mean it the movie was gorgeous too by the way like the way it was shot i mean from that opening sequence when everybody's waking up for the day and all the lights are going on and like you said it's very rhythmic there's also this kind of acapella soundtrack in there too that that come yeah. comes in every now and then. It almost gives it like this kind of experimental feel. But uh man, I was kind of blown away by this movie. Yeah, same here. And it I I and again, I thought, you know, all the technical aspects of this movie were really phenomenal. And then, you know, I was kind of just along for the ride and the way that it builds cuz it kind of starts out with these two guys just trying to get the buffalo back. And then a couple other people start helping out. The more people get tagged in, you know, and it just snowballs throughout the movie. You know, they bring in an old guy, you know, an old villager that got kind of kicked out and he's come back and everyone's losing their shit over this guy because he's such a badass, you know, and, and it just keeps snowballing and snowballing, you know, more and more people, more elaborate. And then it just, it takes this like, this, it makes this transition where you, you almost don't realize it until it's too late, where, you know, it's kind of just like slightly comedic through most of it. Just all these people trying to get this buffalo. And, you know, you know, it's a thing. And then it, there comes this point where they kind of like pass this threshold or they cross this threshold into like, they have to do this or they'll die. And like, it just becomes very violent. And it's like the way that it escalates and just like the way that it ends too. Like I was not expecting that, you know, yeah, it's a, it's a, not a, it's a wild ending, man. 
Yeah, that would not have been my guess. If I had to guess, you know, 20 minutes in, that's not how I was expecting this to end. Yeah, it, it, it becomes very primal by the end. Like, it, it, they sort of regress into their, like, sort of just primal nature where this catching and killing this buffalo was just, it was all consuming. Like, that is the yeah. only thing that they cared about. They didn't even care about their own well being at, at one point. It just, it completely consumed every part of their being where they had to do whatever it took to kill this, this fucking Buffalo, which by the way, like they say at the beginning of the movie that no animals were harmed in this and it was CG and stuff, but that shit looked real to me. Uh, I, I thought that the, if it was CG, it looked really convincing. Like really, there were only a few, there's a couple of, only There's a couple a, of spots where I could tell. Only a few. Like, only a few portions of it looked animated to me. The rest yeah. of it looked very real. And uh, there's also a scene, which I thought was funny, because they say no animals were harmed, but there's clearly a scene where they kill a chicken, and they blur it out, which was weird. Yeah, that was an interesting thing about watching this movie, is that there are... They blur that warnings. out. The warnings? Which, yeah, the, every time someone's smoking. <laughs> it's so weird. And it, which is funny, because every scene someone is smoking or drinking it, it felt like yeah so there's these constant warning messages that pop up on the bottom of the screen and i guess it's like a a government thing i guess they're they have to do it but yeah. anytime someone drinks or smokes or is violent towards women a warning pops up on the screen at the bottom which was very that was kind of weird. And then the whole blurring out of the ch- killing of the chicken thing, I thought was strange too. I mean, I, I, I can sort of understand why they did it, but I also don't think that it was appropriate to put the disclaimer at the beginning of the movie saying that no animals were harmed when clearly they killed that chicken. That was a real chicken, yeah. you know? Yeah. But they ate it. So I, I'm not, not, yeah, I'm them like, you know, frying up a chicken to you be clear, that chicken to, fry it up. to be clear. I'm not knocking the movie for it. I don't, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't have a problem with that scene or anything. It's just like, you did harm an animal. You killed that chicken. I mean, yeah, <laughs> you, you plucked it and you fried it up and you ate it, but still, we still see it. Even if you blurt it out, we know what you're doing. <laughs> yeah. Cause it wasn't that, <laughs> it wasn't that good of a blur. Yeah. It was just, it was just really strange. And there was another really weird part too, where there's a scene where a guy, I guess, starts like swearing, like yelling out obscenities and they bleep it out, but they use like bird chirping noises to bleep it out. Yeah. And that was something that I wasn't sure. Like, was that, was that part of their, like the way to censor it or was that like a comedic choice? No, I think it was a comedic choice because cuz I did I did I did thoroughly enjoy that. Cuz right before right before that guy went on his like what I would assume is like some kind of swearing like a blue streak or something. Um he yelled at them for swearing and he was talking about like don't say oh, obscenities yeah, yeah. and stuff and then like when the when the buffalo trampled on his crops or whatever, then he he did it. So I think I think that it was intentional. I think it was part of the joke, but it's still odd that they did it. Yeah, I mean, this to me is definitely like one of the best movies of the year that I watched. Like I had, it was such an exhilarating 
uh, experience for me. I completely agree. I mean, I, I think that just the, I mean, on the technical aspect alone, like just, I was so blown away with, with so many different scenes, like just trying to wrap my head around how you would shoot something like this was pretty incredible. And it's just like the, 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 just the physicality that these, like the physical sort of torment that these actors have to go through. I mean, they, they do some crazy stuff. I mean, they're running through the jungles. They're in these like giant mud pits and like, they really, and then plus, you know, you see the, the Buffalo like goring people. I was kind of yeah. hoping for more of that actually, like more people getting gored, but you see it a couple times. I, I do. I did enjoy like anytime the Buffalo touched someone. They oh, just they just flew. Flying. Yeah, they just flew. <laughs> and I think, and you, you, you had touched on this also, but it is, the movie is almost like a comedy. It's, it's more of like an action comedy. Like the comedy is subtle. It's understated, but it's very prevalent. Like it's just constant. Yeah. I mean, most of the comedy is with, within the, the residents of this village who are just constantly bickering back and forth and like talking shit on each other and yelling at each other, but it's done mostly to comedic effect. There were several things that, I mean, if I had to nitpick, I would say that some of the plot lines, some of the, some of the plot threads that you have didn't really go anywhere. Like there's, there's one, like the one young woman who it was getting married and yeah, like she sneaks yeah. off with her. I guess that's probably not her fiance. I guess it's like her, a boyfriend, and like that just doesn't go anywhere. Like they, yeah, they spend time with them, like trying to prepare for the wedding and stuff in an earlier scene, and then they show that. But like, it just doesn't go anywhere. So yeah, I, I can yeah. nitpick a few things, but, but overall, uh, really impressive. Yeah, same here. Like you did see it. Just see it. Yeah, it's on Amazon Prime, so you you can you can check it out. Let's see. I saw some kind of heaven. This is a documentary. I don't think this is under any any kind of embargo. I checked to see, and I, I didn't see anything about embargo, so I think I can talk about it. It's not out yet, uh, but I wanted to mention it because it is definitely one that you should keep an eye on. It's directed by Lance Oppenheim, uh, produced by Darren Aronofsky actually this is a documentary about the villages in florida if you're familiar with the villages it's basically the largest retirement community i think in the world uh which if you've lived in florida at all you're probably familiar with the villages it's a very bizarre place it's massive and it's just a really kind of weird bubble where these people sort of live it's like they're not even living in the real world but anyway this documentary follows uh three groups of people who move into the villages and it's incredible like it's probably the best documentary i've seen this year it's utterly fascinating it is wildly entertaining the editing is on point, maybe one of the best edited, certainly the best edited documentaries I've seen this year. It's uh, Daniel Garber did the editing, um, and it was just spot on. Like, the, can't speak highly enough of the editing in this. Right up my alley, you know? It's like a bizarre kind of slice of life documentary with a colorful group of characters, and uh, highly recommend Some Kind of Heaven. 
Yeah, this is interesting in the sense that I don't I don't know if I've ever heard of the villages until this year, or at least it never stuck with me that I could, you know, recall like if you were to ask me what the villages are, I wouldn't know. But it seems like I've learned so much about the villages in just this one year of my life. <laughs> it's all been distilled into this one year for some reason. Yeah, it's a it's a weird place. Um I saw the China Hustle, which is another documentary. This is it's directed by Jed Jed Rothstein, and it's about China's sort of uh, presence in the stock market. And in the like early two thousands or maybe mid two thousands, when you know China was having their economic boom, and American investors were like, "Hey, you know, we want to get want to get some of these Chinese companies that are just blowing up. We want to get them into the stock market." So they started doing these things called reverse mergers where you take a company that's basically dead. So in most cases it was like old mining companies and stuff like these, these companies that just, they still exist on the stock market. However, they're not, they're not really trading in anything because they're worth nothing. The, The factories are closed down. They're still legal entities, but they don't do anything. So you take these like basically dead companies and then you merge them with these Chinese companies. And then that way you can basically trade a Chinese company on the American stock exchange. And what was happening is you have these Chinese companies that are like, um, like pharmaceuticals and energy and stuff like that. And they're all just, they're not doing the amount of money. They're not generating the amount of revenue that's being reported in the U S so they're being inflated and the stock prices are being artificially pumped up. And this movie follows a group of short sellers who are exposing these Chinese companies as being frauds and causing their stock to basically plummet to zero. And because they're short sellers, they end up making a bunch of money off of it because what short sellers do is they borrow stock in a company that they that they're targeting so they borrow that stock at and then they sell it at the market price then they release their findings that this stock will inevitably plummet to almost nothing they buy the stock back and then they return it to the person or the group that they borrowed it from and then they make a nice so they make a nice cut of that money it's really cool um this this documentary caused me to look more into short selling and just learn more about it. Cause I think that it's, it's not something that's done a lot um, because it's really risky and it's very difficult to do um, like retail traders, like individuals can't really do short selling because you have to be able to borrow stock. And yeah. I think, I think that's hard for an individual to do if not impossible. So I, it's kind of a fascinating thing in and of itself and just to learn about what are the, these this these groups of people there's not that many of them the, but they're called activist short sellers where their job is to expose corporate malfeasance and you know they make their living doing that because they short sell these these stocks so it's a pretty good yeah. documentary overall i've been having i've been going on this like sort of financial kick lately where i've been looking into like or like watching shows and documentaries about white collar crime i don't i don't know why but it's just my new thing uh, but anyway the china hustle it's pretty pretty good i would recommend checking it out 
Uh, the only other one that I'll mention, I did see Tenet, but I think you'll probably see that soon, and then we can yeah. just we'll just talk about that um, whenever you see it, maybe next week. I don't nah, think I actually don't think we need to do a full review on it, but the last one I'll mention is Freaky by Christopher Landon. This is uh, the horror comedy that came out earlier this year. It's now available on digital. It's the one with Vince Vaughn and Catherine Newton, where Vince Vaughn plays a like a slasher. He's like a serial killer, and it's a Freaky Friday situation. There's it's it's your classic body swap, but this time it's a a high school girl has her body swapped with a Vince Vaughn, and yeah. it's uh it lends itself to some really fun comedic moments. I enjoyed this movie overall. I thought that there was a lot of uh, a lot of fun little set pieces and stuff because like the 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 character that Vince Vaughn plays like the serial killer like he's he's a pretty evil dude like he's a pretty evil slasher character and he has some really clever inventive kills in this which was another thing that kind of surprised me is the uh the the gore level in this movie was higher than i expected as well but this is uh directed by the guy who did happy death day and happy death day to you so if you liked those movies this is the contains some of the same dna where it's it's actually very funny but it does mix in some some genuine uh like slasher tropes in there as well so i would give it a light recommend freaky check it out all right let's take a look at what we have on vod and blu-ray this week on vod opening uh, december 8th we have my day which is a looks like a action thriller maybe don't realize you don't realize how fast your life can change. It's the tagline of that one. Mm-hmm. We have the Devil's Heist unrated version. When you steal from the devil, there is hell to pay. <laughs> we got Smiley Face Killers from Brad Easton Ellis, inspired by true events. They only have eyes for you. Ah. Brett Easton Ellis. Ah, how about that? Yeah, he's still doing his thing. Incredible. Uh, My Darling Vivian, which is a documentary about Johnny Cash's first wife. We have Deep in Vogue, which is another documentary that's about voguing in the UK. Girl with No Mouth, a grim post-apocalyptic tale for the whole family. Oh, yeah, for real? Yeah. This one Old looks family. this one looks somewhat interesting. It's like a it's about obviously a girl with no mouth. Like she just has nothing there. It's just like skin. And she ends mm-hmm. up meeting with a group of other kids, like one of whom has no eyes, the other one doesn't have a nose, the other one doesn't have ears, and they have to work together on going on this adventure in a post apocalyptic wasteland. It's a uh, Turkish, I believe. You know who? You know it's the uh, the guy who did. Uh, What's that movie called? We we covered it on the show. I think it was called like Baskin or something. Do you remember? Yeah, it was like yeah. that. It was like that crazy kind of yeah. surrealist. It was, it was like a Turkish horror movie. Yeah, it was a Turkish horror movie. It was about like a it's like a it yeah. was like a SWAT team that went in, and they yeah. all like. Got yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. It's that. It's that guy. 
Oh, for real? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah. So, oh, maybe maybe it's yeah. worth a look. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have the Planters. This looks like maybe a comedy. Alabama Snake comes out on December 9th on HBO. This is a documentary about a guy who I believe killed his wife with a rattlesnake or attempted, attempted to kill his wife with a rattlesnake. And then on the 11th, we have parallel. This is uh, oh the tagline for this is you can't go back. No. So this is uh, it's got a really bad cover. The, Trailer for this makes it look somewhat interesting. It's a sci-fi movie about a group of uh, 20-something-year-olds who end up finding a a mirror that allows them to go into like a parallel reality. So it's like a, it's, okay. it's like a portal into another parallel universe. They decide to use it to their advantage somehow. And one of them gets drunk with power, I think. Um, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. I tried. I pu- tried pulling this up on Letterbox. And guess what I found out here? What? Quick, in- quick information. There's been a movie titled Parallel every year since 2015. <laughs> there's two in 2015. Uh, there's also two in 2016, and then it seems like it petered out. There's only one in 17 and one in 18. <laughs> All right, guys, come on. We need more parallels <laughs> up in here. <laughs> gotta keep it up i mean yeah like, like come on like come up with a better title it up. It's 2018 2015 2016 2017 i don't i don't know what parallel i'm looking for probably the God. probably the 2021 if there is one uh okay yeah so the 2021 is the lives of two young chinese men crossed at a fast food <laughs> restaurant during the summer <laughs> yeah, okay. that one? is that the All one right. no no maybe it's a different one well, apparently Parallels come back strong. There's two in 2020. <laughs> Wonderful. Mm. Uh, I might I might give this a look. I mean, it doesn't look very good, but I do like these kind of alternate reality sci-fi movies, so m- maybe I'll, if I have time, I'll just give it a watch. Uh, we also have Arch Enemy. This is a uh, sort of a superhero movie from the looks of it. It's with uh, the Joe Manginello. Uh, he plays this guy named Max Fist and, and he's like a superhero from another dimension, but in, on like our planet, he doesn't have any powers and he ends up like being a homeless man or something. And he meets up with this local kid named Hamster and they team up. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe it's got a cool looking cover, yeah. but Apparently, it's by the guy that did Daniel isn't real. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Adam Egypt Mortimer did it. So I'll, I'm probably going to give this a look too. Again, don't have very high hopes for it, but we'll see. This is a Saban Films release. Another Saban Films release is The Stand In. This is a comedy starring Drew Barrymore, where, uh-huh. uh, yeah, she plays a famous actor who is going into rehab. So she gets her stand in to pretend to be her so that people don't find out she's in rehab so okay. there you, so there you go classic okay. finding yin yin this is going to be a virtual theatrical release this is a documentary uh, about a, a missing student looks like it could be pretty good uh farewell amour is coming out we got 
Yalda, A Night for Forgiveness. This is a virtual theatrical release. I'm Your Woman. This is going to be on Amazon Prime. Could be good. It's a 70s set crime drama mm-hmm. starring uh, Rachel Brosnahan. Uh, we have Ip Man, Kung Fu Master. There you go. Uh, we have Gunda. This is a documentary that Neon is putting out. I'm definitely going to be checking this one out. This is the one where it's sort of this experimental documentary where it just follows. It's set on a farm and it follows around a a pig and a chicken and a I can't remember what else. Pig, chicken, and cow. Mm. And it just follows them around, shot in black and white. Okay. Definitely into that. And uh, that's about it for VOD this week on Blu-ray. We got some some new 4K releases here, including Total Recall and Collateral, a Cinema Paradiso, that's gonna be on Arrow, Possessor Versus is coming out mm-hmm. on Arrow. I'm gonna pick this up because it's been a really long time since I've seen Versus, and I'm Really excited to revisit it. I don't know what this is. It this says versus slash ultimate versus. So I guess there's yeah. another cut of it. Possibly a cut that I never saw. Could very well be. Because I only ever saw the one that we had on DVD that was like basically a bootleg. Even, <laughs> I don't yeah, know. I don't even know if that's the real movie. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you remember <laughs> the one. You've even seen versus. Yeah. The one that I had was kind of a bootleg. I think it definitely wasn't an American release. No, but yeah, I'm, I'm going to, I'm definitely going to pick this up. Uh, we have Fellini's Casanova from 1976. Uh, My science project from 1985. Um, there's Arrow Academy is putting out uh, this box set of three movies from uh, Shohei Imamura, which includes, uh, shoot, I don't see the titles here. The Ballad of Narayama, uh, which is from 1983. We have Zengen from, sorry, Zegin from 1987 and Black Rain from 1989. We have Operation Madball from 1957. It's like a silly farce. Uh, Made in Italy from earlier this year. That's the one with Liam Neeson. Smiley Face Killers. Sins of the Flesh from 1974. Girl with No Mouth. Uh, Sexual Animals. Realm of the Damned. Uh, The Truth Will Out. The Truth Will Out. Okay. Uh, That looks like that's about it. About Criterion's this week, uh, we have two. That's William Greaves' Symbio Psycho Taxiplasm, take one and take two and a half. So you get the first one from 1968, which I highly recommend watching. And I also recommend watching the 2005, which is like the pseudo sequel that got made with the help of uh, Steve Buscemi. Yeah, I remember. I remember you talking about this on the show. Yeah. Good, good stuff. And then there's uh, Prasant's, uh Mouchette from 1967. So two that have already been on Criterion just getting re-releases, really. 
All right, I think that's going to do it for this week. Thank you so much for listening. You can send us your questions and topics to podcast at filmpulse.net. You can follow us on Twitter at filmpulse.net and at filmpulsekevin. And if you have a minute, consider reviewing us on iTunes. We would appreciate that very much. For Kevin Rakestraw, my name is Adam Patterson. We'll see you next week. We'll be right back.